All right, good morning and welcome to the first worship service of 2021. Um, and my PowerPoint's going to come up there in just a second, I'm sure. You know, it seems like just yesterday that we were saying, it's 2020, welcome to the first uh, worship service of 2020. So happy new year and, and welcome. We, another thing that I've heard a lot this year is, uh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over with. If we can just make it to 2021, everything will be better. Now, every time I hear that, I think, you know, COVID doesn't know that it's a new year. You know, the weather doesn't know that it's a new year. The tornadoes, they don't know that it's a new year. As far as they're concerned, it's just another day. And when they look at the calendar, that's what they see is just another day. But I think for us as humans, God has put something in us to really enjoy a fresh start. And it makes sense because God is the God of fresh starts, right? He is the God who says, let's try this again. And so God has instilled in us a love for something like a new year. Because we do look at that and we do say, okay, let's try this again. Let's forget the stuff I did bad last year. Let's, let's figure out what we can do right this year. And, and we start fresh. We start with a new year. So just like you probably figured would happen, as we have the first, there we go, the first worship service of 2021, it's going to be about a resolution. So I have for you a three-part resolution. For, it's really for the whole congregation. So I hope that you'll, that you'll buy into this. I hope that you'll pay attention to this. And maybe we can together work toward a, a new start a fresh start, something that is great for this church. All right, to begin with, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, this book is God's Smuggler. It's about Brother Andrew, who was a missionary to the Iron Curtain countries back in the 1950s. And he would smuggle Bibles into those countries. Now, if he had gotten caught, he could have jail time, uh, and, and it could have been very serious, but he was willing to really try to get those Bibles into that country. In fact, one of the things he's known for is this quote here. He said, God, you once made blind eyes see, today make seeing eyes blind. And he would, he would load this car with Bibles, and he would drive them across the borders. And there were times that the guards would stop him and would search his car looking for anything he wasn't supposed to have. And Bibles were one of the things on that list. And he's got several stories where guards were searching his car, and he was praying this prayer, in one case, the guard actually picked up a box of Bibles, moved it aside, and looked below it to see if there was anything there that shouldn't be there. God blinded the eyes of these guards for him to get in. Now, the story that I want to tell you is about a church that he went to while he was there. Now, they, it was hard to gain trust of people because they always were afraid there was a spy coming from the government who was going to tell what they were doing. This church was meeting in secret. They were meeting in the living room. Brother Andrew had to work his way in and convince them that he was, he was serious. He also had to be careful that they were, were what they claimed to be. So they worshiped, they sang, and at one point they said, now we're going to read scripture. And so Brother Andrew thought this is good. But this is what he saw, that one of the leaders went over to a hidden place and they pulled out a book. Now it wasn't a Bible but it was a big book. They then opened up that book, and inside the book, they had one page of a Bible. One page. 
That's all they had. And every Sunday, they would pull out that one page and they would read God's Word. And they treasured that one page, the only Scripture that they had. And when Brother Andrew saw them pull that out and start to read, he got excited. He said, he said I'm sorry, I can't wait. Just, just hold on just a second. And he ran out to his car. He grabbed his suitcase. He came back into the living room and he plopped that suitcase down in the middle of the, the living room floor. He then unzipped his suitcase and he pulled out a Bible. A complete Bible, cover to cover. The people at the church just started crying. They had never seen a complete Bible. All they had ever seen was that one page. But he didn't just pull out one. He pulled out another and more and more. And his whole suitcase was filled with Bibles. The congregation couldn't believe what they were seeing. This was the greatest treasure the greatest gift that they had ever received. Every family in that church now had a complete Bible that they could read. Now, the book doesn't tell us this, but I, I bet that within a couple months, maybe even within a couple weeks, every one of those families had read that Bible from cover to cover. They treasured, they treasured being able to have that Scripture in their hands. Now, you know, we are blessed beyond measure. And I think sometimes our blessing can become a curse. When I was practicing for this sermon, I was down in the middle school room. I turned around and I counted on the wall 56 Bibles on the shelves of our room. These Bibles right here came from the teenage area. Probably have never been opened because the teenagers all have their own Bible. Just shelves and shelves of Bibles. You see, we are so extremely blessed. We have so, so much access to God's Word. And now with our phones, we can look up any Scripture anytime. In fact, we are so blessed that I fear at times that we have become complacent. That we have just taken for granted the Word of God. And what happens from that is we begin to not treasure what we have. I want you for a moment to imagine what these people felt when Brother Andrew brought them this gift. And, and I want us this year to commit as part of our resolution, part one, that we will treasure the Scriptures. Treasure them far beyond people who have 56 Bibles on the shelves of a, of a classroom. Treasure them like your Bible is the only Bible you've ever had. Treasure it because of what it is, because it is God's Word. So, uh, Psalms 1-2, the law of the Lord gives them joy. Does it give you joy? It should. We need to treasure it so that it gives us joy. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Part of the reason we value this. It is useful for teaching us what is true. It is useful for correcting our mistakes. It is useful for making our lives whole again. It is useful for training us to do what is right. By using Scripture, the servant of God can be completely prepared to do every good work. You understand that God has blessed you 
by giving you his scripture. And we need to treasure that. So, part one of our New Year's resolution is that we need to treasure the scriptures. Part two, Keith is going to lead us into this one. Every high schooler in this church has probably sat in a class that has had Keith Butterfield as the teacher. And if they have sat in that class with Keith Butterfield as a teacher, they have heard a phrase that he says every time he teaches. And he pounds this into them so that they know it. In fact, I asked Matthew this morning if he knew it. Matthew, can you tell us what that phrase is? Yes. In fact, I, I sent out a thing on the team group me today to see if they remembered it, and they did. Um, they remember this from Keith. How do we speak to God? We pray. How does God speak to us? Through His Word. You see, Keith has really wanted the teenagers to understand that through the Scriptures, God can speak to us. Through the Scriptures, He can guide us in our life. He shows us what, what we need to do in our life. Sorry, the, this thing is a little bit slow in responding. So resolution part two is that we need to listen for God's voice in every Scripture. In every Scripture. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any sword that has two edges. It judges the thoughts and purposes of the heart. So this year, I want you to commit to listen for God's voice every time that you hear Scripture read. Matthew 13, 13, they look, but they don't really see. They listen, but they don't really hear or understand. Jesus is talking about uh, people here. Now imagine this. Let's say we're going to read. Uh, let's say I'm going to read from 2 Samuel 12. That's Nathan when he goes to David, and he, he tells a story, and he says, David, you are that man. You're the one who deserves to die. We could have two people up here. One person could be standing here listening to that scripture read, and at the end they could say, well, that's a nice story. I like that. In fact, I know some people that probably need to hear that. I know some people that really uh, would benefit from that. And then they would walk away, and their life would not be changed at all, and they would not have heard the voice of God. Same reading, exact same words, exact same person reading the exact same place. Another person hears that, and they fall on their knees and they say, God, that is me. I'm the one. I'm the one who's a sinful man. Now understand, everything was the same with these two people. One person did not hear the voice of God, and another person did hear the voice of God. You see, we can sit in this auditorium and we can read Scripture like we've done this morning. Some people didn't hear a single word of it. Some people heard God speaking. This year, our resolution needs to be that we are going to listen for the voice of God in the Scripture. Uh, in Luke 8.8, 8, as Jesus said these things, He called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You see, He knew there were people that were not hearing the voice of God, but He didn't say, God, you've got to make them hear. He looked at the people, okay? He looked at me, he looked at you, and he said, you have ears, you need to hear. You see, it's not God's job to make us hear his voice in Scripture. That's our job. We are the ones 
who, who dive into the scripture and listen for the voice of God. Imagine you're walking down the road and all of a sudden the clouds part and a spotlight from heaven beams down on you and God says, I have a message for you. What do you do? Do you say, hold on God, I'm in the middle of a text, let me finish this. No, you don't do that. Do you say, well, I'm really running kind of late, can we make this quick? No, you don't say that. You listen. You listen to every word that God speaks. Do you know that if a middle schooler who often reads for us, uh, comes up here and stands here awkwardly and opens up the scripture. And he says, uh, today I'll be reading from Matthew 12. And he starts reading that and maybe doesn't even do a real great job. Do you know that really there's no difference between that and what I just described with the clouds opening and God speaking? You see, when that middle schooler opens the Bible, that's like the clouds parting. And that little middle school voice is like the voice of God speaking a message to you. Sometimes we think that that's not important, but if God really spoke to me, that would be important. Well, when we open this scripture and read, God is really speaking to you. That is Him talking to you. And so this year, we need to commit that we're going to listen for the voice of God every time the scriptures are read. It was hard for me this morning. I was, in my mind, I was going through the lesson, you know, and really trying to think about what I was going to say. And Joe David had so much scripture this morning. I think God was testing me. God said, are you, are you serious about this? Are you really going to listen to my voice? Or are you going to say, God, I'm too busy trying to get ready for this lesson about listening to your voice? You see, we've got to seek God all the time, every time, in all scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16, God has breathed life into all Scripture. That means every time that we get up here and read, God is speaking. Every time that you open up your devotional book and read Scripture, God is speaking. Every time you walk by the little plaque on the wall that's got a Scripture on it, God is speaking. And this year, we have got to seek God in those Scriptures to hear His voice. So, Part one, and this resolution, it's one resolution. Part one is we've got to treasure the Scripture. We've got to understand how important and significant it is. Part two is as we treasure it, we listen for God to speak to us through that. And in part three, this part I'll introduce with my cousin Rusty. Um, My dad uh, had a sister. They were both raised going to church, but as his sister left home, She quit worshiping. She married, had kids. They didn't go to church. Rusty was raised not going to church. The only time that he got any church was when he went to my grandmother's house in Pikeville, Tennessee, and would spend some time with her in the summer, and she would take him to church. In fact, every time she had a VBS, she would try to take him with her. At a VBS, they give you little prizes if you memorize Scripture. And so he wanted the prizes, And so he memorized scripture, the only scripture he ever got. But he memorized those scriptures. He could say them. Jump forward about 25 years or so. He's in his mid-30s. His wife has kicked him out of the house. He lost his job. He's in trouble with the law. His life is crumbling around him. And in the middle of that, he keeps 
remembering the scripture that he had memorized as a 10-year-old. They just kept popping into his mind. Now, he, he was trying to get away from all that. He went to a hotel room. He sat down on the bed, and he looked over, and on the, on the table there was a Bible. And he said, I wonder if I can find those scriptures in this Bible. And so that night, he opened up the Bible, and he started to read. He read all night long. He read all through the Gospels. He read through all parts of, of other parts of the New Testament. The next morning, he got up. He said, I need to be baptized. He called the only friend he knew who went to church. It was a Pentecostal guy. He said, I got to be baptized. The guy met him. They found a place. He was baptized. His friend said, you need to find a church, and you need to start worshiping there. He found a church. He then went to his mom. He brought his mom back to church. He brought his sister to church. He changed his side of the family. And it all started by some verses that he had memorized when he was 10 years old. You see, he had in his heart, and he didn't even know it was there, he had in his heart some words of God. And at the right moment, when the time was right, God pulled those scriptures out and used them to begin to change his life. Now, Psalm 37, 31, God's law is in their hearts. It was, the law was in his heart, and he didn't even know it. So, resolution part three is we need to hide God's word in our hearts. And by that, I'm, I'm literally talking about memorizing God's word. We need to memorize God's word, to commit it to memory. Every one of us, see, we tend to think that's what the kids do. You know, that's what Stacy does down there with the elementary kids. But that's what we all need to be doing. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.15, you have known the Scriptures ever since you were a little child. They are able to teach you how to be saved by believing in Jesus Christ. I put that there because that's exactly what happened to Rusty. That's exactly what happened to him. But in that, you see the power that exists with God's Word living in us. With us knowing God's Word, and having it committed to memory. Colossians 3.16, Let the Word of Christ dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Now, His Word can dwell in you without you having it committed to memory, but how much stronger is it when it's there? When you can actually just quote those Scriptures. Uh, for years here at Antioch, I taught second grade for probably 10 or 15 years. During that time, I would always try to teach Luke 24. At the end of my time, John Marshall took over and he continued that practice, teaching Luke 24. Every Sunday, we would work for five to 10 minutes, and in a year's time, the kids would learn at least 33 verses of Luke 24. One time, I asked Joe David, he was, he was leading a, a, an adult class, I said, hey, Joe David, can we come say a Bible verse for you? He was like, yeah, sure, that'll be cute. Bring the kids, bring the little second graders and, and let them say that verse. So he went to his class, he said, hey, let's be ready and let's say some scriptures back to them. We'll kind of trade scriptures. We walked in with our second graders, they started to say Luke 24, they said verse 1, 2, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 31, 32, 33. By the end of that time, Joe David's class said, that was good, we have nothing to say. They, they had done so well. 
But the point is, they memorized 33 verses by working about 5 to 10 minutes a week. And they were able to do that. Now, to be honest, it took me about seven or eight years before I got that. But still, I was able to get it in seven or eight years. It can be done. We can take God's Word and we can commit it to memory. Uh, Ashley Reeves went through that. I I would offer them $53 if they would learn all 53 verses. How many people here have have done that? Do I have? I know Sonora did. Do I have anybody else who did that? We. I, I gave away a lot of fifty-three dollars. There were times that I went to the classes asking for some donations to help pay for the kids memorizing those scriptures. Ashley Reeves did that. Got her fifty-three dollars when she went to college. Her social club had a competition where they would see who could memorize the most scripture. She single-handedly beat all the other social clubs with her 53 verses of Luke 24. Um, It it was pretty powerful. I don't know if you remember uh, Dwayne Perry. They were here years ago. They had moved to Germany as missionaries. His daughter, Annalisa, was one who had memorized all 53 verses. Their car broke down. Uh, It was Annalisa, her sister, and her dad, and it was something with the, the tire, and they didn't have the tools they needed. Annalisa and her sister were in the back seat, and they started praying about it. They kind of prayed for a little while, and then they stopped, and they didn't know what to do. And Annalisa said, well, let's say Luke 24. She offered Luke 24 as a prayer and offered it to God. Annalisa told me, she said, we were about five verses in when a car stopped and had exactly what we needed. Now, they had already prayed about it, but she's, to her, that memorized scripture was part of her prayer. It was a part of her praying to God. Sometimes when we are really weak in our life, we don't have the words to pray. But we can take a song, we can take a scripture, and then we do have the words to pray. We do have the words where we begin that process of talking to God. We need to commit to memory God's word, his scriptures. Jesus, when he was being tempted in Matthew 4, He said, it is written, and he quoted Scripture. Now, for him to quote that Scripture, he had to have memorized it, right? I tell the middle schoolers, it was Scripture he memorized back when he was in middle school. I always say, you you got to do this. This is when Jesus memorized Scripture. It, It helps you to be able to resist Satan. And it does. It does. And if you're already past middle school, you can still memorize those Scriptures. Uh, and in www.goexplorethebible.com, there's an interview with a guy named David Kennedy. He memorized 15 books of the Bible. This was in uh, 2016, so this was fairly recently. In the interview, they said, what, what recommendations do you have for people who want to memorize Scripture? Here's three of the things that he said. He said, it happens because we treasure the Scripture. If you are going to be a person that really memorizes Scripture, you have to value Scripture. You have to know that it's important. It has to be something that that speaks to your heart where you care about what you're memorizing. He said also the amount is not the goal. He said if all you memorize is rejoice always, he said you have done a great thing. If it takes you a year to memorize that, God will bless you for that. He said it doesn't have to be 15 books of the Bible. It doesn't have to be all of Luke 24. It's just the fact that you are taking God's Word, and you are committing it to memory. And then he said memorizing is like working out. If if you need to be stronger, you go get weights and you work out and you become stronger. If you have a hard time memorizing, he says just go start memorizing. When you start, it will get easier. Those are the suggestions he has. 
And then on, on a more secular note here, here's a, a, the awaken.com. They're talking about memorizing poems. And they have 10 reasons why it's beneficial to memorize poems. And here's one of those things. It says, practicing memorization allowed the elderly adults to delay typical cognitive decline by 7 to 14 years. Students who start practicing memory training now can stay sharp in years to come. Studies are showing us that things like dementia and even Alzheimer's can be delayed by really keeping the brain active. One of the ways to do that is by memorizing. By memorizing. Do you think maybe God knew that? Do you think God was aware of that when He said, never stop reading this book of the law? Day and night you must think about what it says. Maybe God understood that that kind of, of cognitive activity in our brain keeps us young. And He gave us what we need in order to do that. Memorizing His Word. How to memorize. Here's some things I would tell you. Number one, chunk it and chop it. Small amounts of time. Don't work for two hours one day a week. Take small amounts of time to work on it. And take small portions of Scripture. A lot of people say about eight, eight words at a time is a good place to start. And you learn that piece and then learn the next eight words and then learn the next eight words. Read it and write it. Uh, when, the, when the kids were learning Luke 24, I would tell them, mem- uh, read it every single night. Put a Bible beside your bed. Every night, read through the whole chapter. I, said, I always told them that will help you tremendously in that process of being able to memorize it. And then write it. Physically write out the Scripture that you're memorizing. Uh, they've done studies with college students where they would have some who would type the notes in a class and some who would handwrite the notes in the class. Almost every time those who hand wrote the notes m- remembered the notes much better. So by handwriting, there is something physically that happens in our brain as our hand writes that Scripture down. And then the third thing, see it and say it. Post those Scriptures you're memorizing. Put it in your car. Put it on your mirror. Put it around at different places where you'll see it. And then every time you see it, say it out loud. Say it out loud. There is something about... Uh, you're, it coming out your mouth and then going in your ear that causes your brain to remember it better. When I work with kids with multiplication, I always tell them, you have to say it out loud. Say the entire thing out loud over and over and over. I think the batteries in this thing are getting weak. Okay, here we go. So here's our resolution for 2021. We're going to treasure the Scriptures. We're going to listen for God's voice. And we're going to memorize Scripture. We're going to commit it to our heart. David Lipscomb was a great man of God, a great man of faith. David Lipscomb was one of those who memorized most of the New Testament. He could quote uh, large portions of any book out of, the, out of the Bible. He was really good at doing that. As he grew older, he would sit on the front porch of his house, which was on the, the campus of Nashville Bible College, and he would lay the Bible in his lap, and he would sit there and read. And as the college students walked by, they would see him reading the Scripture. As he got older, his eyes began to fail, and it got at one point where he could not read the words on the page anymore. But he would still sit there with that Bible open on his lap. People would say, well, well, why would he do that? He can't even see what's there. And I always think it's because he was still reading it. He was still reading those Scriptures. Maybe not with his eyes, but he had it here. 
He knew those Scriptures. He had it memorized. Long after he could no longer see, he continued to read the Word of God. I encourage you to memorize Scripture so that you can always read the Word of God no matter where you are. You know, it used to be in the the late 19th century and early 20th century that the Church of Christ was known for knowing the Scripture. People who disagreed with them said, but at least they know the Scripture. Even, Even as late as the 1970s, my mom told me about a friend she had who married into the Church of Christ. And her comment was, wow, I didn't realize I didn't know Scripture that much, but these people, they really know the Scripture. You know, our problem in those early years was we tended to take what we knew and we beat people over the head with it, which that part wasn't good. But I believe that we need to get back to that point where we are known as the people who know the Scriptures. If someone walks into this building, they should leave saying, wow, those people really know the Scriptures. They do need to know that we love them, and they need to know that we love God and we love His Word. That's our resolution for 2021, is to really be people who know the Scriptures. I encourage you this morning to accept that resolution and to make it a part of this year and a part of of your life. For the next few minutes, the elders are going to come forward and we're going to have a time of prayer. I encourage you to uh, take advantage of that. Have a time where you come to them and tell them the struggles you have. Maybe it's about God's Word and let them pray for you. I encourage you to go to other people too and commit to this resolution and, and share your life with people. Share your walk in God's Word with the people around us. Let's have a time of worship here as we pray and as we sing.